The Secret of Monkey Island, a game so big only the Sega CD could hold it. You are Guybrush Threepwood, would-be pirate. Something's afoot on these islands, and it's up to you to find out what's what. A graphic adventure game has never been so easy. Using the award-winning scum system, walking, talking, taking is as simple as pointing the cursor and pressing a button. The Secret of Monkey Island offers adventure gamers a new kind of storytelling experience that includes logic puzzles, complex conversations, and side-splitting humor. Available now from LucasArts Games and JVC, The Secret of Monkey Island sets new standards for Sega Genesis CD games. Oh, my Lord. Didn't it's you know it was on easy. there? It's <laughs> easy. Everyone, welcome to Play Retro, where we talk about old video games. I'm your host Scott Johnson, and I like to click on pirates and their booty. Ooh, and I'm your other host, Brian Dunaway. And yo ho, these Sierra games keep killing me. So I'm loading up for Discord, the sarcastic point-and-click adventuring instead. Also, Lucas is a troll. Yeah, Lucas is a troll. George Lucas, Lucas is a troll. Permanent troll of all time. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the show. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, been a been a busy week for everybody. A lot going on, but we have been uh, deep in discussion and planning to talk to you, fine folks, about those Monkey Island games of yore, the old ones, the classics. Ooh. Why are we doing that? Well, partly a brand new edition of the game or addition to the game came out last week, and uh, that game is getting stellar reviews and seems like a real return to the source material as well as an advancement in many other ways. So I'm excited to play that game. I bought it. It's in my library. I just need to click play. But in the meantime, we played all this other stuff so we could talk about it today. Yeah, so all the stuff Island. leading up, that stuff during the mostly the 90s. We creeped a little bit into the 2000, but uh, we're not going to talk about the Telltale games other than just to say those existed. Yeah, nothing wrong with Telltale. I like the Telltale games fine. They were okay for their time. You say Telltale? I like that. Yeah, I said Telltale. I did because I was. I I don't know why I got confused there, but yes, Telltale. Telltale. I actually like Telltale better. That's better. Yeah, this is at least as good. Yeah, it's as good or better. Anyway, yeah, we're not going to talk about those so much because they're not really in the classic pantheon, but uh, there are a lot of games that are. And you're going to hear Ron Gilbert's name come up a lot. You're going to hear Tim Schafer's name a lot. Uh, yeah, these are some guys. of the luminaries of the greatest adventure games ever made. And thankfully, Ron Gilbert is the dude behind the new one. Uh, we'll get to all yes. that here in a minute. But before we do, I am a very bad retro player this week. You know why? Let me tell you why. <laughs> okay. I spent most of almost entirely my game time with the exception of today. I played a bunch of Grounded, which is also a new game because it yeah. hit 1.0 today and is very, very good. Highly recommend it. I spent all my time in Cyberpunk during the last week with what gaming time I had, which wasn't actually that much. I played a ton of cyberpunk. Um, So I guess you could say I played a retro game in 30 years. This will be a retro game. Okay. So that's how I just got Scott's working the loopholes. Yeah. I'm working the loopholes. I like those holes, (laughs) like to work them and uh, I'm working one today. So yeah, there you go. I spent all of my time. Is there any, is is there any, uh, 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 cyberpunk, uh, retroing inside the game? Is there any like, uh, unlockable games or stuff like that? Funny. You should ask there hundred percent is you go into these various places that have arcade machines. They're like, uh, kind of old new looking, like it's hard to explain. The cyberpunk motif is very much like if, if the eighties, and extreme technology existed at the exact same time. That's kind of cyberpunk. Right. 
and that's when that tabletop system was written and so it makes sense but anyway the uh there's a game in there called oh come on chat you're gonna have to remind me it's the horse one but it's a pixelated retro looking <laughs> like endless runner game where you're a horse okay. and you got to jump over okay. obstacles avoid other one avoid certain things try not to get killed uh the longer you hold the button the higher you jump uh is it called pixel horse it might be I love all the options though. Horse game says Claire Gack yeah. always got a good one. Yeah, yeah. Last of Us, Choplifter, Chop, yeah. Choplifter always uh, always a favorite amongst the uh, the the. We want to start charging uh, channel points yeah. to be able to use the word Choplifter. I think I that's think. a good that's... idea. But I will say, if if it is Pixel Horse, let me see if it is. Um, I can't remember the name. Oh yeah, it is Pixel Horse. Right, right. Uh, it is. Actually, really fun. I mean, I'm not spending a ton of yeah. time on it, but when I see an arcade or I have to go do a quest and it's inside a place that has pachinko machines and arcade machines and stuff, yeah, I'll stop off at the Pixel Horse and play it. It's good. Yeah. And and could you even have a Cyberpunk uh, without like games like System Shock and uh, Duzex? Oh no, you don't have any of that stuff without the Cyberpunk motif. And you know, Blade Runner deserves yeah. a lot of credit for that. And you know, do do cows dream of electric pigs or whatever the name of the book yeah was. yeah it's yeah it's the cows on. he makes a little paper mache uh, cow and he puts it right there on the uh on the table there he does he exactly does, does so I, so yeah. there so that's what i did it's a it's you a retro it's a retro future world and that's a little bit uh okay for this show uh brian you did yeah. a lot more stuff including uh, i guess your steam decks here on wednesday yeah I was going to be there Wednesday or Thursday. We're still waiting, but it should be here very shortly. I'm, I'm very excited the Steam Deck is going to finally arrive. Thank God I thought I was going to be here last week, but that was just a tease. And so they finally did ship it out uh, sometime this week. And then they sent me a notification and said, and, and so I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait because yeah. I'm going to be just as annoying as you were you are gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna annoy everybody except me because i'm excited for you i can't wait for you to get it right I i have a whole list oh by the way i don't think i've told this show this i've told other shows this but i have a whole list of including a bunch of retro games including the entire retro like how to get emu deck running and all that uh, yeah, plus yeah. a ton of modern games and a big giant list of games that i've tested on the device that i know a work and b are really fun and it's a big list if you go to frogpants.com slash deck games, D-E-C-K games. Uh, again, that's frogpants.com slash deck games. You'll see my entire list, and I update it all the time. Um, Brian, you'd be happy to know that I was playing Owlboy the other day. That game is fantastic oh, on there. I, if you love retro games, not a true retro game, but God in the spirit of one, it's, oh, it's so Owlboy good. is amazing. Owlboy is amazing. If you didn't play it back in 2017 or whatever it was when it came out, you are missing out on one of the best, yeah. most beautifully animated pixel adventures I've ever seen. So good. And they somehow they somehow transcend the Metroidvania bit with gameplay that that's unlike any Metroidvania you've played. But it's still kind of a Metroidvania. It's really, really good. And oh, uh, I've been playing that plus a bunch of other stuff. That device is great. You're going to lose your mind. I can't wait for you to get it. Let me know when you get I can't it. wait. I can't wait. But what I do have, though, I got some really old retro equipment sent to me by a, a couple of listeners, actually, mm. a couple of people in our community. Uh, Albert uh, Mayor McCheese on Twitter sent me some Commodore stuff 
this is the don't know if you remember this 1541 wow. large floppy disk that I used to have with my commerce. Look at that thing. Jeez. Look how big this thing's bigger than my head. That's big. That's as big. It's not. It's a little longer, but it's like basically your your Series X, but mushed in a different direction. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. And he also he sent me a Commodore 64. It looks like it needs a little bit of work. There's a couple of keys, but that's fine. I, I'm down with that. I'm down with a couple of little projects that the the Play Retro Preservation Society does exist. Yep. If you want a little smaller floppy drive for the 128, the Commodore 128, oh, which I've that. never had, yeah. much more reasonable in size. And he also sent me a 128 uh, that I've got to get some cables for. So I'm pretty excited about that. But also another great uh, Jamie is in the process of hooking me up with a fully working uh, Commodore 64 to bring back my childhood, yeah. man. Could you get your Commodores wait. on more more often than right now? Your Commodore life is about to just uh, explode. My- yeah, it really is, and the more we play these retro games, like uh, got me even more excited because with Monkey Island this week, uh, Ron Gilbert talks a lot about getting started with Scum mm-hmm. on the Commodore sixty four, yep. and so that that was written originally. He was working in a, a similar language. And uh, so then he built all these tools for the Scum game engine, and it 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 propagated and it went on forward. And I've been reading like the user manual, the Bible or cookbook, if you will, of uh, the original Scum that they had for the developers. And so I'm, I'm all of us is really getting me super excited. Have you had so any I, desire you- to go and and play with the latest iteration? Because there's like a version of Scum that people still build new games with and stuff. Do you, you have any I, interest right. in messing with that? I, actually, I do. I actually want to be. I actually want to try some of this uh, after I get through reading the manual. I wouldn't mind trying uh, compiling my own. There's a couple places where you can compile uh, a, a Scum game of sorts. I'm not yeah. sure how complete it is. I'm still learning and researching it. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I'd love to do something uh, similar to 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 developing a small because you know that's what you did back then yep. you had small teams an individual could potentially uh design their own game so i'm pretty excited about it uh albert and jamie both i want to thank both of those guys for uh for hooking me up with the with and helping us grow this play retro preservation society uh and just a couple th- got, got some stuff i got to work on to get these things fully functional yeah uh but i'm excited about having the opportunity to do t- just that also yeah. A little follow-up real quick. I don't know if you see that Twitter link down there. Uh, a follow-up from last week. Uh, we was talking about uh, you know the, the the storage situation I have oh, back yeah. here behind me. Yeah. You know, how we display and store our retro equipment. And we had at least uh, one individual posted a really awesome picture on oh, uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Look at that. That's great. Look at look at all of that stuff, man. That's pretty great. Mostly- I want I want that just because it looks like a corner of a store. Like I'm going to an old right. software, et cetera, and they got a rad little retro section or something. Yeah. So they just used like. a wire rack and they've got, they've got mostly got handheld stuff. You'll see some, I uh, see some Game Boy games over there. Uh, looks like it might be an ES Mini up there. Is that with the controllers and stuff? Uh, or maybe it's just a box. But look at all those. Look at all those. Uh, look oh, at all yeah. those small handhelds down there. Got a there bunch too. of those. So got a pair of shoes that say "Game Over" on the uh, the soles. Oh he's got, yes. He's got a Love switch it. up there, a switch box. I don't know if there's a switch in it. He's got some. Uh, what's that? A 3DS or 2DS or something right there? Yes. Yes. Um, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Share us your setups. Uh, let 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 us see it on Twitter. Play Retro Show uh, or send them to the uh, the email. Either way. Yeah, send them a, uh, what is our email? Playretroshow at gmail.com. Send that to there us. There you go. That's it. Please do. And Play Retro Show mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, very cool. Uh, and also, I, there's something about this name of the Play Retro Preservation Society. We got to do something with that. 
I don't know what. Oh, yes, yes. We should come up with something like a, a not-for-profit sort of thing where people, if they've got some old thing they want to donate to the cause, will create right. a little like a like a museum of sorts uh, and, and, and send it around where it makes sense. And that includes one of you. If you're like, look, I've got a complete set of uh, every, um, I don't know, let's say every EA game that came out on the Genesis with all the weird little tabs on the cartridge, but I'm missing one. And it's, uh, I don't know, Mutant League Hockey. And then somebody out there is right. like, oh, I've got like two copies of that. Here, I'll send you that one. Like an exchange kind of system would be so cool. We got to right, talk, right. talk about this. It'd be something we could do. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Uh, and like I said, I, everybody who sends me something, I, I keep their information with the equipment. And eventually I like to make some little plaques and stuff. And if ever I would like my my ideal vision is to have all this stuff kind of somewhat portable so that uh, like if we go to an East Coast meetup like we tried to this past year, I wouldn't mind like, you know, bringing some stuff up and setting it up and, and you know, sure. giving everybody a chance to take a look and, and play with that original hardware and, and stuff. So yeah. just just working on it. We're still it's, it's still early on, but uh, it, it excites me. We it have makes, ideas. It gives me the tingles. Yeah. And for yeah. those, by the way, that wonder what scum is, scum is uh, basically it's an engine to build. And it's very old. goes back to the C64, as yeah. Brian mentioned. But it's uh, two M's, S-C-U-M-M. It's an acronym for something. Hold on. What is it? Yeah, for? it's a script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. That's right. Uh, yeah, Ron, Ron Gilbert, he originally made this because it was becoming uh, it was becoming difficult to develop for the game uh, because of having to, to assemble stuff constantly. Mm -hmm. And so this is just a layer that allows it to manage all the memory and everything and all the program has to do is concentrate on the game designer. All right. I do is concentrate on just like the fun parts, like, you know, scripting stuff so that it'll look like, uh, you could, you could do these adventure games mm -hmm. and you could just, you could, you could point to the graphics and it's really, it just makes everything a lot easier and a lot better. Yeah. And like I said, there's, you know, you can run this now. Um, so it's Ron Gilbert with the help from chip Morningstar. He went by the yes. name Unix man in 1987. Yeah. Anyway, yes. pretty cool stuff. We'll talk about that yeah. more later, but it's pretty rad. Love it. Pretty cool, dude. Yeah. You should, dude, learn some scum. Do it. Let's do it. I, I am. Like I said, I've been learning the uh, the scripting language. It's pretty, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, the scum actually uh, ended up turning into uh, using the Lua, L-U-A, mm -hmm. which is also another scripting language. And I I, I kind of know a little bit of that. Uh, they're not like one-to-one -one or anything, but I kind of, I've, I've been playing a lot around long enough with all this stuff. That most of it makes sense to me. My it, daughter bought it, something least, called oh shoot, I don't remember the name of it, and she's not in the chat, so I can't ask her. But she's trying to build out. trying to build her own adventure game, do some of the art for it and stuff, and she bought something for like eighty four bucks that is supposed to be the hot business right now. It's not scum, it's some other thing. But uh I guess people are making some amazing games out of it. She just kinda wants to get yes. a, a game demo made so she can you know, slap that with her uh, diploma and, you know, put this in resumes and stuff. Yeah. You don't have to start from scratch. I mean, we, we are, we are at a place that we don't have to write our own game and just thank God you can, but you don't have to. No, you don't have to. You don't have to do no. anything. You can do the, you can do the more fun parts, which but you is, do, you, know, you do have yeah. to listen to this. Shall we play a game? Speaking of episode one, there's a little, uh, little jow sound there. Uh, we're talking about Monkey Island retro edition here. Uh, the secret of Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, and the curse of Monkey Island, and Escape from Monkey Island. 
Um, there's some other stuff in there. Like we had a commercial at the top of the show that talked about the Sega CD version of the original game. Um, but you know, we're not really focused on, you know, ports and all that today. We're just really talking about these original, uh, adventure games, which is interesting because some may say, Hey, haven't you guys done the adventure game thing before? Well, we talked about King's quest, but that's a whole different jam. We did the opposite of what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Also, King's because Quest was like, uh, my gosh, we had a lot with that episode, didn't we? There was a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about King's Quest is more of a text parser. This was intentionally to, uh, designed to be the opposite of that. That's what uh, that's what Ron Gilbert really wanted to do. That was his whole that was his whole uh, the, the idea to start to go. No, I don't want to. I don't want to make it where somebody can die like constantly, and you're you know they're they're. It, it, I want something this easy. The matter of fact, they talked about it in the commercial. They said you, it's it's kind of what they say easy or less complicated. I don't remember the exact. Yeah, words, and really, but, what they meant was it's very point and click. This was a mouse era thing. You know, they, yeah. they, that was where they were focused. Mice, relatively well, nineteen ninety, relatively new. Um, right. And the DOS version is the one I saw. I forgot how right. little audio there is in these games, though. That kind of threw me. There's mostly music. Sparse. And then yeah. not a lot of sound effects and no voice acting in the original stuff, right? Uh, at right. all. But as you're looking right now, I'm showing some some footage of a playthrough. I actually think the animation and graphic style way yeah. holds up. I think this looks freaking great. Even that talking pirate looks great talking. Look at him, <laughs> talking. It's amazing, and it was yeah. all with yeah. this, uh, this really great uh, MIDI music that sounded like this. that doesn't make you want to just like groove to it man i I let this run in the background for hours uh, because you're not gonna die here you could you could just you can you can have three wood hang out and just sit in a room and nothing happens it's just it's fine there's only one way to die in this game yep and i'm not gonna tell it to you no you shouldn't tell us it's a secret it's the secret of monkey island Right, <laughs> it is a secret of Monkey Island. No, it's a secret of how Threepwood can die. If you you have to really, you have to really mean it, though. Yeah. it's not easy to do. That's you have true. To make, make it happen. Well, the the game was known for being funny, and oh, that commercial kind of said it pretty well. Although it was a super cheesy way to present a commercial or a game, but you know, yeah, it was, was kind of lackluster, wasn't it? I was kind of like, ooh, yeah, it's like this guy. It sounds like I don't even want to play that game. Yeah, oh. kind of lame ad, but the the game itself very funny. Somewhat heartening in parts. Um, I've heard this yeah. about the new game a lot that there is, uh, you know, the same focus on humor is there and all that other stuff, but that it's actually really heartfelt by the end. And uh, people who are longtime fans of the series are going to really like what Ron Gilbert did in 2022. But anyway, of course, we mentioned this is uh, on the Scum Engine. Amiga, DOS, Atari, ST, and Mac is where this showed up the first time. Uh, did you play the original game? And where did I, you? I I did not play it on the first run, and the reason why is because this would have been on Windows three dot eleven. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, real old school. When I was on three eleven, I was doing a little bit of BBS stuff, but I wasn't playing any video games on the PC. All my video gaming was being done on consoles. It wasn't until Windows ninety five. Then I started loading up some DOS games, and one of the first games I loaded up was uh, The Secret of Monkey Island, which was a little bit older by that point. Is right, ninety five or so? Yeah. I, lo- I got ninety five pretty early on. I was I was stoked. You were I was early. like, oh, this is going to change everything. That's pretty funny though. Yeah. You started playing more DOS games when DOS became not the operating system that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that <laughs> was wasn't really. It, it was because 
It just happened. You know, people had been, I, I had been acquiring games. People had been giving me games. I've, oh, my whole life, people know I've been a gamer. And so I would be given games. Like, oh, here's some disc of this. You ever use it? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to play this. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. I had it. It was one of those games that was sitting around. It's like, oh, you know what? I think I will play this. And it's like, oh, it's Renz and Dasa. Okay, whatever. I'm playing some games with this thing now. So might as well go for it. Go yep. for it. Yep. That's true. Uh, by the way, so... Look at the names involved in this game. You've got Secret of Monkey Island. Yes. And you've got, uh, as we mentioned, Ron Gilbert's kind of your head of head of the table here. Um, but Tim Schafer is there doing programming work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would go on to be the Tim Schafer, one of the most important <laughs> names in all video games, not just adventure, yeah. adventure games. Uh, you had people like, oh, where'd the other guy's name go? Oh, there's so many people uh, involved with the Secret Monkey. A lot of great illustrators and artists as well. Yeah, all on all on at Skywalker Ranch. This was a time when Lucas Arts was still uh, at the ranch. Yep, still at the at ranch. The still, a, ranch. still a very much a, a solely owned George Lucas joint. And right. uh, they, I think it showed that kind of creativity that was going on at, at ILM and Skywalker Ranch, and you know all their little subsidiaries. They were all still feeding off the massive teat that was Star Wars, and uh, yeah, and had no problem cutting some edges here. Like this is this is new. This is this game new at the time in 1990. I think looks great today. Like if you were going to make, if you told me, hey Scott, there's a brand new pixelated uh, scum engine like point and click adventure game coming out, and and you showed me this, I'd believe you. I'd say, oh, that looks cool. I'm ready to play. Let's go. <laughs> Like it looks well, great. Sign me up, man. Yeah, and this is 256 colors they're working with here, which is nothing. Yeah, I, I was I was actually trying to see if this is the 256 uh, version. The, the original version that came out was only uh, EGA, which was 16 colors. Uh, they they but they very qu- quickly went to uh, a VGA, which is a 256. Yeah, this I, is the VGA I, one because it's got those cutscenes yeah. with the with the crazy detailed faces and stuff. Um, yeah. And it was also, so this long play that we're looking at right now was played on PC-DOS on a Roland MT-32. Ooh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so the real deal there. Um, it is widescreen, which threw me. I don't know why that is. I uh, don't think it was originally widescreen, so maybe that It's not widescreen. It does look like it's widescreen. It's actually 4 by 3 but this is probably something I had completely forgotten about. You forget that the top part is like almost split. It's not quite half and half, but the top part is where the where the action, the movie is playing, right? Mm-hmm. And then below it is where you do all your selections for your verb selections mm-hmm. and your inventory. So it does look like if you look at the whole screen, because the bottom part is blacked out, yeah. so it makes it look like it's letterbox. But actually, there's uh, content going down there, and it's and the whole screen itself. It's is weird about though because I don't know if they're chopping it, but even when I've got text up. Um, let me right. go back and I can look at it normal here with some text. There we go. Uh, yeah. I look at that. That's and that, this if I go edge to edge. Yeah. If I go edge to edge, yeah. there's 16 by nine on here. So I don't know if they converted it. It might they be did it real time. Yeah, they might have That's no true. idea. Hard to say. It might be stretched. I, I can't quite tell. I'm looking to, but yeah, it originally was a, a four by three format yeah. and you're not going to stretch it because it's, it's, it's pixel art, yeah. right? So it's not yeah. like it's, it's not like it can be stretched even though they might have. That's true. Um, this took four 1.44 floppies, by the way. Yes. So if you wanted to buy this game, that's how you bought it. It wasn't on uh, CD till later. And uh, there's your deal. That's your game. And, and you had to you had to switch those floppies too, baby. I was reading uh, how Scum works and uh, talking about where they have the assets and that kind of stuff. And you would uh, uh, have to fl- uh, you know flip flip out the, the floppies if it, it's in certain cases. 
you know, you may have a resource that would be on a, a floppy. Mm-hmm. They tried to they, they tried to encourage the programming to keep it to where you would keep as much together as you could, but occasionally you would do something uh, that would require you to to flip between the floppies. So, yep. a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, the game had no voices until 2009, some uh, 12 years ago. 12, 13 years yeah. now? Jeez. Yeah, so yeah, 2009 was when the special edition came out. Did you get have you ever played the special edition? I didn't edition? play it. I know it has a bunch of people like like the voice work in it. Um but I've never heard yeah. or seen it. So I'm sure I I would say that the special if if you're playing today for the first time, I went to archive.org, grabbed the original uh DOS uh files and and played it uh in DOSBox and then I also tried it out in Scum VM just to see what the differences were. Uh, worked well in both cases, Scum VM being the superior experience with this. But then I also purchased the Steam version of the special edition of The Secret of Monkey Island. And if I was doing it today, I would definitely go that route. I think it's six ninety nine or something like that. And it is amazing because it's got uh, a cell animation uh, looking graphics, but you can toggle in game while you're playing yeah, you, you can toggle to classic mode it will literally it'll seamlessly kind of just it'll it'll tr- it'll, tr- it'll just like it'll just zoom in to the to the old pixel art it's what you, it's like, what uh, diablo it's, if you played diablo 2 resurrected last year that's that's what they were talking right? about here same thing you yeah switch page up time. page down i believe was the is the shortcut key yeah. and it'll flip back and forth between the two uh there's music throughout uh in this version um, no dialogue still. Oh, I, I thought I had audio, one. didn't it? Hold on. Or maybe maybe it does. Let me see. Oh, oh. oh, yeah, it does. I apologize. Here it is. It has it it has it in the remastered Nunchal part. So the pots. Yeah. If you if you <laughs> if you flip back to the pixel art, yeah. it loses the uh it loses the voice acting. Yeah, that makes sense. because uh, you're trying to but keep it. Not in know. part two. In part two in, in Chuck's Revenge, you can do both. There is a mod that will allow you uh, to have all the voice dialogues as well as the original artwork. And that's the way I preferred to play it uh, when I was playing this. I, I didn't. Uh, this artwork doesn't stand up as well to me. No, as I agree. I actually think that this is fine. It's fine. okay, yeah. but it's it's not as cool as the pixel stuff. Because I here's what I think. I think in 2009, we weren't sure if, if it was like... Um, Part of the remaster should be things like eliminate the original pixelated art and replace it with this stuff. We thought maybe yeah. that was the right thing to do. I think if you were making this remake today, you would work really hard to maybe add more pixels or more effects or whatever, and definitely voice work and other environmental stuff. But I think you would want to retain that pixel art because all this much time later, I think pixel art has become accepted, for me anyway, as not just what it used to be like, but also a perfectly wonderful form of presentation even today. Like, I really yeah. like awesome pixel art, even if it's brand and, new. I don't care. I like and, it. And one of the reasons, I think, as well, is because the uh, they, they hired illustrators who did the pixel art in the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. And those guys were literally, I've listened to a lot of interviews, by the way. I didn't know this until this past week. But uh, these, these illustrators... They they were learning how to use pixel art because there was nothing there before. They were making up shit, and so when they had just the uh, the sixteen colors, they had to use dithering. And at first, the Scum Engine 
couldn't compress dithering. And if you know anything about compression, you know, it's a lot easier to compress something that's got solid blocks versus a right. bunch of dithering because it, it just gets complicated. Yeah. And so at first they weren't going to allow them to do the dithering stuff, but man, the, the, the care and attention because they had to, to translate this from, you know, classic art to pixel art was really big. Whereas the, the 2009 one looked more like, uh, like almost like flash animation or something, you know, real basic, uh, illustration stuff, stuff that you could kick out in a pretty short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas the pixel art, whoo boy, yeah, uh, that was that was done what in uh, deluxe paint or whatever. Oh, back in the day, they didn't even have. You got to remember this. Like this is especially true of stuff just prior to this, especially because they were pioneering a lot of new ways to do this at Lucas Arts. But back in right. the day, nobody sat down with a big fat tablet and a pen and drew pixel art. That's not how they did it. They had to yeah. sit down and do it sometimes mathematically, 100% code-based yeah. art. And so you're just sitting around going, all right, well, uh, this far in the Y-axis, this far in the X-axis, and that's where this one pixel is. We're going to make it blue, and now I'm going to make a red pixel right next to it. And it's going to be yep. red. And, like, that's how they used to do what, this shit. And it's so different yeah. now, so much different. And that's why and that's why Ron Gilbert was so important, especially the Scum Engines, because he made it possible for a creative artist to take control of making games without having to have deep programming knowledge. They just had to have a little bit of scripting knowledge, which re- reads a lot more like human language uh, than, than what you would have to deal with otherwise. So, yeah, it was really important that we were bringing this, this, all these great artists in on something. It's a so, real totally masterpiece. Agree. I agree. And work. also, just as, uh, you know, this is as, as important or maybe more important, but the game felt like the right length. It felt like the right difficulty. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very good video game. Take away all the graphical, uh, technical leaps of the time, and there were some, but take that all away, and underneath it all is a very, very smartly written, funny, funny. great game. And I don't, we were, I think that's really hard to do it today, it, even. You want to make an adventure game today? Freaking good luck. This stuff is freaking hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk bad about Sierra games. But there has to be a comparison here because Sierra, what Sierra was doing was almost the opposite of what was happening here. Mm. Um, and and so this had such a, like I said, it was such a, a, it was so much more on the creative side, allowing them to write this witty dialogue. They got to, they got to put all the, they got to put a lot of the technical things behind them so they could focus on making something that was humorous throughout and just told this story. And it was in that made you feel like you didn't have any Ron talks about this. Ron Gilbert talks about this in a couple of interviews. He's talking about the player being here. They're not pirates. They're novice pirates. And the character that we're controlling is a novice pirate. And so instead of being an expert at something, and trying to, you know, manage somebody as an expert at something. Here we are. We're naturally moving forward into this storytelling. And I, I think it, this really works well. Yep, I agree. It was really it something well. in its day. Now we move on to this. Well, if you're wondering what that is, it's the sequel. There was a sequel. There was a sequel. And it was called The Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, well, sorry, not The Secret of Monkey Island. Monkey Island 2. Monkey Island Le Chuck's yep. Revenge, which in French means the Chuck's Revenge. <laughs> uh, this is just one yes. year later, but this was a massive, massive upgrade in graphics fidelity. Uh, at least at yeah. the very least, one of the things that I absolutely loved about it were the intro animation stuff. 
Um, yes. It is so good. Let me find that here in the in our video preview because this stuff, uh, I can't find it. And if you're not familiar with what was going on, why why LeChuck is is our in the title of our game is because Threepwood has uh, has has defeated the ghost uh, LeChuck, and LeChuck is back. Spoiler: This time he's a zombie. Uh, think to some to some zoo, uh, some voodoo action. I'm not talking about the video card either. I'm talking about the uh, the old. Uh, the voodoo that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the voodoo you mm-hmm. do. I get it. The chat room yeah. saying they really like the dancing monkeys in the intro. That is true. In fact, they're coming right up here. There was a weird... Uh, let me pause it here, actually, because they had a weird security code at the beginning. So yeah, yeah. Basically, for those at home on audio, I'll try to explain this. Um, it says, press enter to begin begin lame copy protection. And then up top, they have a bunch of, think of it as like almost like a slot machine. They have images flashing above that text. When you hit space bar, the two images will be chosen, right? So boink, it right. slows down, bam. So what they've chosen here is, I guess that's a toadstool and a, and a jaw. A jaw of a shark or something like Jawbone? that, maybe. A, yeah. A so it says recipe for scurvy. They're even having fun with this. This says mix blank deadly toadstools with blank shark lips and shake well. So then you put in these numbers. In this case, you put 8 and 15. Now, see, I don't know how it worked, though. Was something in the book, maybe? No. The manual? So, yeah, uh, I, I think the first one had, like, a wheel. So there was the copy protection on that was, like, uh, like a decoder wheel yeah. where you had, like, pirate faces, and you could spin it around, and once you spin you, once you spun it around, like the little window would reveal what the password is. I think this one was more manual focused. Um, yeah, I think this one's the manual. And you start off here. You're you're the <laughs> the governor Elaine, the real hero of the uh, of the Monkey Island uh, series, Elaine. And, and and then you're the wannabe hero who's always kind of screwed stuff up. Yeah, she's yeah. she's Elaine. You're Jerry. Uh, you got to find yeah, George. You're Jer- and uh, <laughs> yeah, all works out. Your guy brush. You're you're not 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 the Seinfeld. Your guy brush. Yeah, your guy brush. You're the brush of the guy. See, this one's uh, four by three. So I don't know why that other one wasn't. But anyway, uh, LeChuck's Revenge is the game I saw the most of and played the least of. I know that's a weird thing to say, but my right. friend had it and loved it and wouldn't stop playing it and never gave up on it. And uh, I watched him play a ton of it at where I worked at the time. This is right around the time I got a job for a computer company. And at night we would play video games and there was a huge special time where he would just sit there and play Monkey Island 2 and right. I would sit and watch him. So my experience of this game is limited in terms of actual play. I do remember loving what I watched though. And really that's all you can ask for in this day and age. Yeah, I was when when this came out, I didn't I did not play much of this either. This is also 91, you would have still been on 311 uh dos you know and windows 311 so you wouldn't have windows 95 yet no unless you played this on the amiga which all of all of these games look better on the amiga it yeah, always the Am- did the amiga was a better, better looking version of all of this content yeah <laughs> all of always. all of ron gilbert's work has ever ever looked better on an amiga <laughs> until amigas went away and then graphic fidelity caught up everywhere else but yeah the amiga was was freaking awesome yeah, uh, yeah. Real, real quick here the this had more sound effects more music no voice acting though Still no voice acting. We got, we got, we did get an addition to the scum. Uh, it now interfaced with a system called iMuse, which uh, the reason why you hear more music in this one is because of that, because you have a, a, a system that allows you to handle more assets with the music and it loads it up more like all the other assets. So yeah. it wasn't 
yeah, it was just a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, I agree. So chat says, Scott, you were the original Twitch. Yeah, that was me sitting there in that office staring <laughs> at this thing. Somebody? Yeah. Yep. I said I, I gave him a sub while he was there. Uh some bits. Right. I threw hey, some hey, hey. I threw some bits here's, at him, whatever those were. Here's a hundred bits. Yeah, here's a hundred bits. What does like that what mean? It's like crumbs for my cookie. That's where my bits were then. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, this game oh, is also, cool, but I was really I remember being bummed at the time that they didn't do any voice stuff on it. And even though it was a critical, huge critical success, this thing sold like dog. It did not do well. Yeah, it didn't do well. Uh, but it did give us a little bit better uh, scum. So they, they each time they did one of these games, they would uh, and other games as well, uh, they would make improvements to the scum engine. And uh, this one now the inventory has graphical icons instead of just uh, text yep. instead of just words. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is great. So they they dedicate the right side over there to that stuff. I mean, having played uh, one of Ron Gilbert's most recent games called. Thimble? Uh, Thimbleweed Thimble. Park, an amazing little uh, indie title he put together not long ago. It's only been a few years. Um, that's a wonderful game, by the way. People should play it if you want. Yeah. The, you want an injection of like Ron Gilbert, but with a modern sort of sem- sensibility. It's so good. Oh my gosh, Thimbleweed Park yeah. is amazing. It's basically X Files. It's a big X Files ripoff. You know, like where this is making fun of pirate culture. That thing made fun of. <laughs> You know, so there's a basically a, a Mulder and Scully type character, and it's all like stupid uh, tropes from from that era of of television or whatever. Everything's a, a weird, mysterious ghost or a FBI conspiracy or whatever, um, and it's great. Highly recommend playing that if you have never played it. But uh, two yeah. was a commercial disappointment. It didn't matter. Fans who loved it loved it. And well, unlike good. the first one, the first one had like a sword play, but you, you wouldn't do like real, you know, real time sword play. Instead, you would uh, you would choose insults, dialogue insults. Right. And mm-hmm. that's how you would determine how well you were doing uh, rock, paper, scissors style, uh, uh, how well you were doing, how, how well your character would sword play. Right. Yep. So what yeah, do you remember the insults? Like there's one insult that I remember from the first one. What do you got? Um, it was like, uh, you, you, you fight like a dairy farmer. And then the, I think the uh, comeback was like, how appropriate you, you fight like a cow. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, there's your humor. In the second one, I think the, it, it was still humorous, but it felt a little more forced. It was like, it felt like, it felt a little more forced to me. Yeah. And I think that's hard to still. duplicate because I think the first one may have been sort of loose and free. And the second one, there's expectations now, you know? Yeah. You got, to, yeah, you've got to, like in the first one, you, you kind of had what you imagined is the end product here. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of had a new, you kind of knew what you were going to have the end product and you kind of forced things a little bit. It's also I, really, I, gotta say, I think it's hard on Ron Gilbert too. Cause he has been, he's known for this like brilliant stuff. And every time he yeah. does something new, scrutiny is on full alert for, and I don't yeah. think it's fair. I think it's really unfair yeah. that he gets that level of scrutiny and his, his best work are the ones with the least amount of scrutiny. Thimbleweed Park, good example. I think it's his, some of his right. best humor since the original Monkey Island. Um, but there are other games that had a huge hype around them like uh, Death Spank, which I really enjoyed Death Spank. Yes. It's like a kind of a Diablo send up thing they did for PS3, 360 era amazing game but the humor fell flat for me and a lot of other people i think i think the expectations are too high and it made it stilted the writing so he's best when he doesn't have that 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 those filters of either corporate or money or any of that bullshit he just wants to sit down make an amazing game laugh at himself that's his best work you know and this sequel's okay it's good 
There's nothing wrong. It's good. You know, yeah. It's actually is it. I I, I kind of list all these and and which one's my favorite, second, third, and fourth. Uh, and I actually put because you got to remember when I say favorite, it means at this point in time, the one that fulfills the most uh, in me is Monkey Island Two. Believe it or not, even though it's got flaws. I, I I didn't play it as much, and so it's got my my interest right now. So as far as what has my most interest right now is the Monkey Island Two. It's the one I'm going to go back and play. The Secret of Monkey Island. I kind of got a little bit bored with this time around, mm. probably because maybe because I've done it before. This is one of the problems with graphic point and sure. click adventure games. There's a you know it's kind of on rails, and once you once you've done it. How many times do you go back and play it? There's it's, not a lot of replayability once you know all the puzzles and stuff because it is a linear. Right. It's a linear experience that just gets held up with logic puzzles and dialogue, yeah. and and you can have splitting, uh, splitting dialogue trees where because you made this decision, you may go a whole different way than other players do. But that's usually not enough to come back and play the entire 20 hour experience again, unless right. you're just feeling nostalgic 20 years later and you're like, well, yeah, I'll play yeah. Monkey Island again, but. I, I get you. If it's it's some it's still it's fresh like in watching memory. movies and stuff, you know, it's like eh, I haven't watched this movie in a while. I think I'll go back to it again. Yeah, that happens to yeah, me again. every three yeah. weeks for Mad Max Fury Road. You're right. <laughs> it's been, has it been three weeks already. It has. It's oh time, my God. time it's for a new time viewing. To watch it again. Yep, I'm doing it too. You watch. My wife right. has to go out of town this week. I'm pretty this weekend. I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch it Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you are like, well, I I don't care for how the Secret Monkey Island looks, and uh, this also the special edition came out twenty, just like the first one, the first uh, the first monk Secret Monkey Island nineteen ninety, and then the special edition two thousand nine. And then uh, Monkey Island 2 came out in 91, and then the special edition came out in 2010. Added the voice acting, even in classic mode, and that might be the reason why this is my favorite, because my favorite way to play it right now is through the special edition, and I I, I love just flipping back and forth, and oh my god, it, the artwork is just so phenomenal when you flip back Oh, it's so good. That. Especially like especially like the big steals, mm-hmm. like where you're like close up of the uh, of the pirates and stuff, the pixel art. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. The original so stuff beautiful. is so good. I forgot her name. Is it here somewhere? El- Elaine? Six- uh Marley, the uh That's the her. No, no, no. The character sorry, the artist who did the two fifty six color stuff. Oh. I forgot oh, I got her you. name. Uh or the artist or the uh, the the model for the, the artist, artist, just the artist. I can't find her name. Oh. Um hold on. Yeah. There were several on hand who, who, who did the stills. Yeah, but in, uh, in, in particular, those stills. Yeah, they assigned a couple of different illustrators to different areas. So when you would go from one storyline, like the the original island you're on on the first game mm-hmm. is Melee Island, and you're trying to get to Monkey Island. And then the second one, what is it? Uh, it's not staff. What is it? Uh, what's the second you start at? Um, I can't remember. They're always something weird and gross, usually. Anyway, you start on a second island in when part two, and you have to try to get to Monkey Island yeah. as well there. But I can't find I can't a damn name. The, I'm looking. I saw this earlier. I wanted to give her a shout out. I didn't do it. Let's Ooh. see. I'm going to go to Wikipedia, and I'm looking at the artist. we got Steve Purcell, who we know does mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mark Ferrari, also excellent. Uh, Mike Ebert and Martin Cameron, these were the... Guys, and that were as the, the illustrators. It was the a lady. The lady. I swear, there's a lady on the first one, but I can't find her name. Hmm. Now I know there was Carla, who's as the sword. Uh, is she's the master of swords, 
and they did artwork of her. And I think she worked in another department or something. Mm -hmm. And I also think the, that, uh, Elaine was also modeled after a different, uh, individual at, at the place. So yeah, they, they liked to model after people. I especially liked in the first one when they did the, uh, the loom advertisement. Oh Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that's pretty, pretty funny. good. By the way, uh, real quick here, this is some audio from the re- the sorry the special edition of two, so he can hear some of that dialogue here. Check this out. Well, 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 Guy Brush Threepwood, you do turn up in the strangest places. Uh, hi, Elaine. Uh, do you think you could help me out? He's that dude carried on through all of them, but she changed a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, voices that is. Um, when yeah. they had voices and the new game, she's somebody else, but that's the, but the dude came back, uh, guy brush. Voice yeah. Yeah. Guy. He's everywhere. There's uh and a lot of the original, uh, voice actors came back with the exception of a few. Yeah. Some, she's one of them. And no I can't remember what the, di- yeah, some of them passed. <laughs> that's true. Some is it, Le- is it LeChuck? I think he's, did he retire or something? I think. And he, he's just, yeah, they I, got a I new think, guy. But that's not hard. You just need someone who yells a lot and is a pirate guy. It's not hard. Right, right. You can totally do that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you knew about this, but early on in 1995, after the success of Toy Story 1, oh. and because Pixar at the time was, I think, still owned by Lucasfilm, uh, right. they would sell pretty quick after that to Apple. And No, no, no. Sorry. Disney. Disney. Wait, didn't, but what was, uh, Steve Jobs had some hand in this for a bunch of time. What was the deal? Anyway, whatever it is. I forget the the way that story went, but anyway, the bottom line is uh, for a while there, they were optioning. The very next thing was going to be not Bugs Life, but a Pixar big screen edition of this, of Monkey Island. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a, yeah, yeah. That would have been great, dude. I would have been so excited for that. That would have been great. We're kind of in a... We're we're kind of in a tough spot right now because Disney owns uh, Lucas Arts, which is originally what Lucas Film Games, uh, but Disney has the, the Lucas Arts titles, mm-hmm. which is and Monkey Island is based on basically Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. right? And yeah. and one of the books from the eighties that that is unrelated entirely. But anyway, on Stranger Tides, yeah. Uh, so that that kind of all crosses over. And how does Disney? really move forward with this property, this kind of uh, overlapping its own Pirates of the Caribbean property. Yeah. It's, it's gotten complicated. Sure, Luckily, sure. was able to get uh, this this most recent one. They were able to work out a deal uh, with Ron Gilbert to be able to get it back in his hands, at least uh, to, you know, to make a new game. Oh, here it is. Okay. So um, in 1986, newly independent Pixar, which used to be called Pixar with an E, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, was headed by then that. President Edward Catmull, uh, executive vice president Alvy Ray Smith. Lucas uh, searched for investors, uh, which led to an offer to sell the thing. And it led to an offer to sell it specifically to Steve Jobs, which initially he turned down, thought oh. it was too low. He eventually accepted the offer after determining it was impossible to find other investors. So... Steve Jobs buys it, who is now at this time now founder and CEO of the new next company, NEXT, which okay. was okay. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so he held on to it until ninety-nine and then sold it to Walt Disney Studios. That's what happened. Right. And Disney was already publishing. Disney was like, you know, the public that they already had an arrangement with, with Disney, but they didn't right. own it that whole time. That was just like a late, yeah. later deal. Is so. that the one that was supposed to be in 2000 or is that a, is that a different one? Uh, is that this the 2000 was a, movie? Uh, which one? The 
The one you're talking about. The movie? What movie? Did I bring it? Yeah, the movie they were working on. Oh, no, no. This is back right after Toy Story. So like 96 or right. whatever it was. Right? Oh, okay, okay. So, but, well, no, you'd be right because what was it? 98, we got Bugs Life. So it would have been like 98 had they had they done it. Right. So that might be it. So that could have been cool. I want to look real quick. I mean, yeah, I would have loved that. Any- I'd, I'd love to have seen that. This had been very early for like video game translation to film. And I'm not sure how well that would have gone. But right. I would love that. Which would, it would have been a good translation from, because we were starting to, we we're about to see in 97, we we're about to see the Curse of Monkey Island, which was, uh, that was, that was all the mm-hmm. uh, hand-drawn 2D stuff, right? So, yep. yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, for a lot, of, a lot of people probably don't know about that Steve Jobs connection, but it's a fun read if you go look up some of that stuff. Anyway, uh, now let's jump to 1997 where our world would change quite a bit. Uh, it turns out there's a lot of stuff that happened between 91 and 97 in the technology uh, business. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it sounded a little like this. There's a lot more sound going on. Uh, yeah. This is, of course, Curse of the Monkey Curse of Monkey Island, the Curse of Monkey Island from 1997. Windows, Mac, and uh, Mac OS were the only two places this showed up. This is the totally new team. Uh, this is a new and last Scum Engine game that they made. Mm-hmm. This had full voice acting. Uh, it had all kinds of stuff. Uh, in particular, here's some from that from that game. How many times do I have to tell you, LeChuck? I just don't feel that way about you. Elaine? By my congealed blood, you'll learn to love me. Sail with me, and I'll make you queen of the dead. I, I can't. I'm washing my hair tonight. <laughs> Blast be your hair, woman! Can't you see that this salty old sea corpse pines for your every gentle caress? How many times do I Whoops, have... I play one again. So there you go. Uh, this one, programmed by all new people, voiced by some, yeah. uh, one of the new the same cast. But for the most part, this is a whole new team. You know? Yeah, yeah. New, new team. It's been like six years since the previous, 91 to 97. So we went from, you know, the 3.11... And now we're in the you know, into the Windows world. We we're solidly have our Windows ninety five machines. We're not having to play games in DOS anymore. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a totally new era, right? This, a got, play, this got, is PlayStation one year for the in US anyway, or I guess that would have been late ninety six. Yeah. But you know, we're in we're in thirty two bit era. We're we're pushing we're pushing out of the time we we think of generally speaking as the retro period anyway. And this game was was that for that generation and i loved the pre-rendered or the pre-animated like intro stuff we're looking at right now real Um, real real animation not 3d stuff real animation loved that stuff freaking loved it i thought that was great this made me think a cartoon should have happened because i would have watched this and they and they and they also simplified uh our our point and click now we're we're using the full screen for our animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt, it felt like you're watching something on TV. It felt like you're watching a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, and you uh, you had like a, a choice coin. Yeah. Uh, and and so you would you would uh, you would click on an object or something, and then you would have the option to uh, pick up, look at, or talk to. Uh, those were your major options there. So it was a lot more. Pointy clicky. Of course, by this time everybody had a mouse, right? Everybody's got a mouse now. Oh yeah, there we was all no, have mice's. There was no no lack of mice in that era. No, not by ninety seven. So it was a mm-hmm. it was a big step forward in a lot of ways. The game itself, I only played a chunk of it back in the day. Yeah, I didn't play any new this week, so I, I probably should have. But I don't think this is their best work. I think it's their best looking work, 
but I think yeah, the story yeah. and the action and the humor and the gameplay are not as good as previous games, which just leads right. me How to think it? that you need, you know, if you're going to get rid of Ron Gilbert, you're making a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I, I think Ron Gilbert liked this one. I've got to say it almost feels like a totally different game and it almost is really hard for me to kind of go because the first two feel like one game. And then this feels like a totally different game. This feels like, uh, you know, dragon's Lair. It felt, it felt like it felt different. It, it felt like a cartoon. It felt like I was playing a cartoon. Yeah. The first ones did not feel like playing a cartoon, which is this cool. Like I was, I'm not, I don't yeah. even think it's a bad thing, but you're, but it's different enough that it threw me it just threw yeah. me. Not as bad as escape though. We'll get to that in a minute, but <laughs> escape really threw me. Um, because you know, whatever, that was an F awkward stage, man. It's puberty for video games. It was hard. Yeah, you know, everything wanted to go 3D, and it just that that was rough. But but not yeah. not to jump off curse too quickly. Um, full voice acted, lots of sound. Obviously, they had almost a full screen uh, inventory pop up. No more bottom of the screen business. Yeah, yeah, your inventory was a big old chest. If it, I kind of didn't like it because it was good to have the inventory totally out of your view. But oh, Grim Fandango. Uh, yeah, but that. nice reference. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, it was nice for that, but it was also hard to select an item in your inventory and then take it to the edge of the chest and pop back out into the, the room, mm-hmm. uh, and then interact with things. I, it, it was a little bit clunky in that way. Yeah. For this, me. this is great. But everything Grim, else. Fantastic. Grim Fandango didn't come out for another year. So this is a fun little uh, preview yeah. of what that character would look yeah. like. They were always, were, that was the thing. They, they would always give nods to their other games. And a lot of times it would be stuff that hasn't even come out yet. That, yeah. You know, all the teams seem to work uh, fairly closely together. A lot of people are probably working on two different games at once, if I had to guess. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, this feels totally different to me, but I, I really like Curse. It was a, it was one of my favorites. Yeah, Curse is just not, I don't know why. This didn't work for me. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, it seems a little more, what was it? What would it have been? 1997? How old were you in 97? I was 27, say it's right. six. A little, a little too, maybe a little too childish for you. Ryan Gilbert was already moving on to doing. I don't think uh, it was childish. Was I think those games always, like I, like I played the newer ones, the Telltale ones, and I liked those more than right. this one, which is weird because okay. those are generally thought of as not. I just think this one didn't land. I don't know why. Right. Just didn't grab okay. me. A few people in the chat yeah. are agreeing. They're like, yeah, for whatever reason, this one just didn't do it. Didn't do it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. For some people, it will, though. Like you. It worked for you. Yeah. Worked for me. Yep. Worked for Brian. Might work for you. Now, let's dive into a thing that I don't think should work for anybody. And it's this. <laughs> this music's all very similar. I decided to capture it all anyway. Um, yeah. This yeah. is Escape from Monkey Island from 2000. This came out on the PC and PlayStation 2. Uh, this is not scum. It's the Lua engine. Mm-hmm. So we're moving into a new territory here. Voodoo 3D support on PCs. Uh, yes. It's a. It doesn't run well on Steam right now, by the way. In fact, I don't think it, it runs did. at all, right? Yeah. Kind of it, well, it, uh, it kind of runs, but it crashed a lot. And there was some things I could do. There was a, a Voodoo control panel tool that I could download. And I started messing with it. And I finally just said, eh, I'm just going to do the PS2 version. Yeah. Now, I'm going to not shock anybody with this information, but this was a fully 3D game. Uh, in a way, the, the the scenes were pre-rendered, most of them. Right. And the characters were rendered on top of it in a much uh, simpler fashion. So if you're, you're looking for a comparison, Alone in the Dark is what it reminds me of, or to a lesser okay. degree, like Resident Evil uh, 1 and oh, 2. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it definitely con- there's there's definitely one mode that kind of controls like Resident Evil. You can change that as well. Kind of tank mode if you want to. Yeah, tank um, mode, baby. Which the console version let you do. Uh, this is a game I didn't like then, and I really don't like now. I think it's bad. And I don't think it's bad because they didn't try. I think this was one of those awkward phases that everybody went through with their IPs when they were trying yes. to get to the 3D world, and they were stepping through it with big, clunky hands and didn't quite know what they were doing. And it just felt off to me. Um, I agree with you because what we were it. trying to do is use the same game mechanics they were using uh, previously, and it, it just doesn't work as well because you're, you're pre-rendering 3D graphics, and it's just it's a little bit of disconnect. Like you said, you could feel the growing pains. It was yeah. still, it was still uh, the parts I got to play. Some of it was kind of entertaining, but trying to get Threepwood to solve some of the puzzles adds a layer of complexity that was removed before so they they this game was always notoriously you know it was all about story right it was an adventure and you didn't have to you didn't have to work too hard for stuff but this one seemed to be a little bit more difficult but mostly because of the technology i wouldn't even say difficult as much as i say tedious there's just a lot of travel and stuff yeah. you didn't ever have to do before it's puberty in video games i'm telling you the years between yeah, 1997 right. yeah. up through about 2002 that's your that's your 3d transition for everything and it's a hard time across the board yeah. with very few exceptions once in a while something would jump out like Mario 64 uh, in many ways uh, transcended it and created a whole new way of looking at it other games yeah. did way less so <laughs> um, right, right. Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid great example of how to transition to a 3D engine uh, but they, these are really rare examples most of these guys struggled bonked their heads had a rough yeah. time um, chat yeah, says Half-Life, but Half-Life was 98, so we're still a year away from that. But anyway. yeah, I, it, It's kind of like what we talk about with Nintendo a lot. Nintendo would use uh, uses a lot of mature technology. The Scum engine was already pretty well along its way. It had most of, the, most of the things worked out already before they started on the Secret of Monkey Island, mm-hmm. whereas the Lua was still fairly new, and they were trying to figure it out as they went along, like you said. Very awkward stage. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm with you. It 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 was frustrating. I admire them for trying. You had to. This is what Good everyone job. did. But boof. Yeah, it's just a rough outro. Now I will say though, the intro stuff is pretty good. Listen to this. From the personal log of Guybrush Threepwood. Sometimes when it's quiet, I can still hear the monkeys. It's hard to believe that it's only been a few years since I first washed up on the beaches of Melee Island, armed with nothing more than a goofy name and an overpowering urge to become a swashbuckling pirate. I want to be a pirate. Who could have suspected that such a humble pursuit would lead me to cross swords with the evil ghost pirate LeChuck, the slimiest slug ever to plunder the seven seas? It's good. It's it's lighthearted and fun. It's a fun intro. And you can start on any of the Monkey Island games we talked about today you can start at any one of those and you'll get all the backstory yeah. up front that you'll need you won't have to worry about feeling lost uh yeah you can start anywhere no i'm counting that's what to- i'm counting on with this new one when i fire it up later this week it's gonna yeah. be like oh here we go i'm going to play the game that and they're gonna tell me everything that came before and that's fine that's how i'll play it. yeah it's supposed to sit after monkey island 2 yeah uh but not necessarily a sequel but they also are going to include uh everything that happened along the way you know not they're not going to try not to include how about that there's there's supposed to be things that are uh they're not going to like wipe a whole thing out if mm-hmm. it, if if they need to approach it they'll go yeah it happened it existed in any of the iterations of this 
and here it is. It's fine. Yeah, it's good enough. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. The word fine is a perfect definition of this. It's fine. It's, it's not fine. double fine. Yeah, hey, no, hey. it's not double fine. I see what you did. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned Maniac Mansion. Of course, this game doesn't exist without it. Uh, that's the origin of all things. That's, um, that's where the scum comes from. The MM in scum is for Maniac Mansion. Yeah, which is a pretty big legacy kind of thing to have your name right there. Um, yeah. Maniac Mansion I played on the NES, I think, is where I did it. It right. was pretty ahead of its time. Pretty ugly now, but uh, one hell of a thing at the time. Yeah, uh, it, did, this, it did what it had to do. I also really liked Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade graphic adventure, which Ron yeah. Gilbert also worked on. Uh, this would have been in between a couple of these, I think. Yeah, uh, these wait. were all true 16-bit to the core games, you know, oh, that 16-color yeah. yeah. EGA color palette. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I mean, this the, the Last Crusade was still pretty ugly because that, that was like 90, I think. Right. 90, 91, but been more than that. Yeah. This is 90. Yeah. Yeah. The other, there's another one, the other later in an Indiana Jones, LucasArts game that was a little bit like bigger characters and mm-hmm, like larger mm-hmm. painted sprites and stuff. That was, that was like its own adventure. It wasn't based on the movies. I don't think that was also really good. Um, I mentioned death spank. If you don't remember death spank, I'll give you a little uh, video taste of it here. It was basically, conceptually it was like hey what if we made a diablo kind of game but let's just fill it with tons of humor yeah and i think so the hum- hilarious the, i love this game so the much. humor landed yeah. for a lot of it for me and missed for a lot of it for me um I, I i don't it's hard for me to explain it's a real mixed bag overall i really enjoyed it this was a game that i remember when we were doing final score and uh, nicole yeah, me too. nicole would not stop talking about this game it was like yeah favorite she thing. loved this game but i did too but i yeah. couldn't love it as much as her because she was already she already had that uh <laughs> job filled yeah she <laughs> did that just fine and then my yeah. favorite of the ron gilbert more modern takes I uh, mentioned a bunch of times already, and that's Thimbleweed Park. Uh, this is an amazing game. It's set in the eighties. It is very much like a throwback to where that dude was back then and what he was making. The humor is there. The sort of um, tradition of Monkey Island is there. I'll say it again. Please play Thimbleweed Park, everybody. If you haven't, you can get it real cheap on Steam. It's a fantastic game. As or good buy as they get, full price, so Ron Gilbert can make more video games. That's right. What are you doing, you slacker asses? Okay, <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna leave that behind for now. And also next week, I should be able to give you some impressions of the new game because I I am going to play it. And uh, yeah, are you guys gonna talk? I know uh, was was John or Bo playing it? I believe as well. John and definitely played it. He played it and beat it, okay. and he lo- he wouldn't shut up about it. He freaking loved it. So. You already talk about that on Core this week? Yeah, because he bought it last Tuesday and beat it by Thursday. Excellent. And uh, I said, wow, is it short? And he goes, no, it was like 12 hours. And I just, you know, just played no, all day. No, I'm just day. a loser. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I just played all day. Played all day on a Saturday and beat it. Yeah. That's how much he liked it. Um, that's all I need to know because John's a huge fan of the Monkey Island series. Yeah, so John's, anyway, John's watch awesome. for that. Very That'll cool be, uh, was it last Monday he bought it? Oh, I thought it was Tuesday. Anyway, that's still pretty fast, dude. By, right. by core on Thursday, he had beaten that game. And I thought, oh, no, does that mean it's short? Like, I was worried. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the price, know, is, the the price it's, isn't it's like budget. 24. But yeah, it's 24 bucks. That's cheap. Cheaper yeah. than I expected yeah, okay. it to be, you know? Yeah. I thought it'd be 40 
I don't know. I know because I'm not sure how all that works because we we know that he doesn't actually own the rights to it. So mm-hmm. he's he's got worked out some kind of deal with Disney. Yeah. So I don't know if any of that money's going to Disney, how much, or you know, or or what all the deals were that was made. But I I, I wish him success, and I I hope this is another chapter in uh, the Monkey Island. Oh, series. I hope so too. It sounds like he's really brought an end to it, from what I've heard. Yeah. But I don't think that means that you can't do more. Yeah. Especially because you said it. It's like after two, right? So it's kind of a prequel right. in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it, it I mean the movies I it's such a it's such a weird feed because the the Monkey Island itself was of course uh, it's kind of nods heavily that it was, you know, some it was either taken place in an amusement park. This this game always breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so all that stuff is based on the Pirates of the Caribbean. And, you know, I, I don't think they did much of the On Stranger Tides kind of idea of, you know, zombies, voodoo, ghosts kind of stuff until later on in the, in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which yeah. came much later. So it's like there's feeding back and forth uh, in, inspiration uh, from these two, from these two, from uh, the LucasArts to Disney all the way to here. So, and you know, know what I would say about the a lot of people didn't like the new art style. They're wrong. Yeah. It's rad. It's really good. Yeah, it's 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 uh, what would you call it? Um, I I I like it, but I love yeah. it. I think it's great. It reminds me of the uh, Don't Starve kind of, the uh, not not the actual in game, but like the cutscenes and yeah, things. Yeah, I could see that a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Um, to me, it just bouncing. looks like it looks like this is how far we've come, and it feels to me, it feels just like the right direction. I don't know. Right. A lot of people had a problem with it. I have zero problem with it. To me, it was like seeing uh, Wind Waker for the first time, and I was the only person on on the internet that wasn't losing their mind. And I was like, right. yeah, this looks actually really good. I'm ready for this game. And everyone's like, yeah, I can't believe it looks like a cartoon. Give it to me. And then we loved it. So take right. that, you jackasses. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we've done it. But now we do this. Destroy it. <laughs> Brian, it's time for us to play Guess My Game. Uh, we both have audio. We play a little bit of it. Yes. We give some hints, and then we try to guess what each other brought to the table. I'm going to start as usual, and you're going to have to guess based on the following hints. Those hints are this. Uh, NES is the, is, the, is the device. Nintendo Entertainment System. Correct. Okay. And it is 1990. Since we're in the 90s here, I figured you'd stay right there at 1990. We're in the same year as the Secret of Monkey Island. Okay, I am I am prepped. All right, let's see if you can figure it out as I remember to put this in here because uh, I forgot to. Okay, here we go. Definitely choplifter. No, What'd you call it? Definitely choplifter. Uh, yeah, totally choplifter. Let's get into some action here. Any guesses? It's kind of familiar, but it's not ringing any bells immediately. But it definitely feels. This is considered one of the great gems of that that hardware, uh, right? But not a lot of people have heard of it. So I went with something that this I think is a lot later of people in, in NES life, right? So I mean, it's yeah, it would have been a few years in, sure. Look at, oh, it's intense now. Oh, oh it's very intense. Everything sounds like circus music. Is there a circus involved? There's not. That you're right. It does sound circusy. There's not. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you because you're never gonna get it. It, it does sound familiar though. What, well, I'll give you another this? hint. SNK made it. Does that help you at all? 
Not at all. Okay, okay. give me the give me the answer. Well, the Give answer uh, the answer is Chris Crystallis, rather, not Chrysalis. Oh, Crystallis. okay. I, yes, I didn't really play this much, but I I have seen it before. I've watched some videos on it. Yeah, it's good. That's part of reason um, why. I remember loving this game, and it was like top down action RPG, Zelda ish in that way, I guess. Right. Um, but this was like. I don't know. It, it, to me, it, it to me it was like a more realistic take, or uh, that's hard to do on an NES. Like nothing's yes, realistic, but yes, 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 just felt like a more adult sort of take on on the concepts that are in Zelda at the time. Yeah. And I would have been, I don't know, I was like nineteen or something, so I was just you know old enough to like it. I think for 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 it being a little less kiddie. I don't right, know, it's hard to explain, right. but I thought it was great. Uh, top-down action RPG is the best way I could describe it, which is you know a lot like Zelda. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. This I yeah I have watched some video on this. I consider playing this. So that's probably reason why it sounded familiar, but not enough for me to remember. Do you think it's Crystallis or Chrysalis? Because I always said Crystallis. C R Y S T A L I S. That's a good question. I I I don't Crystallis. That's what it sounds like. That's what I said then. I'm sticking with it now. Chris Tallis. That's Chris, what I'm thinking. Christopher Chris, Tallis. Nailed it. Christopher Christopher Tallis. Yep, we got it. No question there. <laughs> All right. Brian, I'm going to play yours. Let's see what we get. Whoops, I got to turn mine off. There we go. Turn off. Okay. Guess what I did this week? What? I, I wrote down the game. Oh, you did? So you know what this is before I play it? No way. So I, I'm, I'm on it, baby. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear you remember your game. All right, here it is. I'll play it. Oh, it uh, looks like you got a year of 1994. And, 1994, uh, a few years after. Like This is the lull in between uh, the, the Monkey Island games. So you had to play something, and it couldn't be a Monkey Island game. So what was it? Okay, and this was, um, let's see, Doss and Mac. So let's see what we got here. Do you believe in magic? Is magic only an illusion created by a stage magician? Well, there's an old saying, seeing is believing. Dawson McIntosh. Yeah. Run this thing in 3.11. believed in magic, but her older brother Alex didn't. She loved visiting her great uncle Josh because he lived right across the street from Orpheus Palace, one of the last great vaudeville theaters. Okay, you got me to come over here with you. Now what? Well, we try to get inside, dummy. Get inside? Are you crazy? Oh. It's almost 8 o'clock. Uncle Josh will be back from his meeting in an hour. He'll freak if we're gone. Well, I'm not afraid. What do you mean? I'm not afraid either. It's just I'm that... going. Are you coming or not? Wait. Terry! I can't Adventure believe game. I let you talk me into this. Uncle Josh said they closed. Okay. That's where it ends. Advent, adventure um, game, horror game, <laughs> horror game. Okay, people would people said it was uh, described as a mist clone with mist like graphics. Oh, seventh guest. Oh, that's a good guess, but that would be incorrect. Okay, hold on. Mist like graphics. Obviously, uh-huh. voiceover. Terry and uh, Junior Butthole out doing adventures. Right. Let's see. And they said part of the title in the game. Oh, it's they, not the main title, but it is the uh, the the like subtitle. The location. I surprised the chat room has no clue. I thought you guys were all. I thought you guys were all younger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Um, 
I honestly don't know. If you were if you were thirteen in uh, the the you know if you were around you know thirteen or fourteen or so in the in the in the nineties, you'd yeah. probably yeah Claire's a little bit too young, but you would you would probably have watched uh, some of this on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Oh, um, uh, 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 goosebumps. Oh, that's a good guess, which there's some good Goosebump games, but that's not it. Oh, shit. And it's definitely Hydropanics is Doug. It's not Doug. It's not Doug. And it's not Rugrats. It's a shame. It's not Rugrats. It's not the the guy with the twisty mustache and the kids. What's that called? (laughs) What was that (laughs) called? Twisty mustache and the kids. Yeah, the artist. It was the same uh, art uh, artist, I think, or creator of of Real Monsters. Um, Ah, Real Monsters? Yeah, but the. I can't remember the name of it. He had a twisty right. mustache. He's kind of a meme now. They put his head on people. Right, right. Um, shit. I'll give you another hint. Yeah. Uh, some of the some of the people in the chat room that are younger finally came online. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Hey Arnold. Is it Doug? Hey Arnold. It's not- no, I already said it wasn't Doug. Oh, is it Hey Arnold? Is it? No. Oh. No, I just like saying Hey Arnold. Okay. F- the Adventures of Pete and Pete? I don't know who that is. No, you never seen the Adventures of Pete and Pete. God, I love the Adventures. No, of Pete I don't and know Pete. that one. I know Cat yeah, Dog. So good. Cat Dog's cool. Cat Dog. Yeah, and then what's the one with the cows? Cow and chicken. I like that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's the name of the damn thing? Surrender. Yes. Yeah, Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, Let's geez. gather around. Let's gather around the campfire and tell stories. It's the tale of Orfeo's curse. Was it good? Uh, it was it was it was pretty good. It was it was, it wasn't like the best game ever, but I mean if you were, you know, if you were sick of playing Mist. Yeah. Someone in the chat called that was, someone called it you know, pissed. P Y S T. That's amazing. Pissed. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So I yeah. I you know, it was it was a DOS game. I had Windows ninety five. Like I said, I got a lot of crap games. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> you I did waited. have a lot of crap and games. So yeah. But this was a was a tech toy jam. You remember those guys? We talked I about. I do those remember guys. them. Yeah, yeah lots like of a toy and electronics company. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I totally remember. Did that. a lot of Sega Genesis stuff. You yeah. afraid of the dark? Tale of Orpheus Curse, Ghostly Adventure Game, ninety four DOS, Brazil, United States, France, Germany. Let's see. So it was point and clicky. Yeah. Viacom New Media had a hand in it. Uh, first yes, person Viacom. perspective. So yeah, there there'd be your missed aspect. I don't yeah. remember this Getting at ready all. For spooky season, and I was looking through retro scary games and i was like ah that would be too easy scott will know that one ah scott will know that one and i was like oh look at this i haven't seen this in forever oh, it's so. like a bunch of there fmv as well yeah yeah a little f- full motion video kind yeah. of stuff don't like it in the cut scenes yeah not a fan uh but i but you got me there you've stumped me officially well done yeah well we stumped each other it was a it was a it was a sound stumping today it was a mutual stumping is what we did yes now this welcome to the treasure room Hey, y'all. It's time for emails. Got two of them. Hmm. Uh, Playretroshow at gmail.com is the email address. Robert Blank wrote in. Robert Blank. Uh, That's a cool name. Sounds like he needs to do detective novels or something. The Adventures of Robert Blank. (laughs) 
Hey, Scott, you asked why they didn't do Batman 89 games for Genesis, but I wanted to tell you that Batman 89 is very well represented on that system. Technically, it was the Mega Drive in Japan and something that prevented a U.S. release. I don't remember what the issue was, but I think it had something to do with licensing. It almost always does. Always is. Uh, be that as it may, I was very upset when I read that I wouldn't uh, that it wouldn't come out in the U.S. Thankfully, I found a video game shop that sold Japanese imports and they had it available. I had to pay through the nose to get it, but that game became one of my favorites to ever play on the Genesis. I think it eventually saw a U.S. release years later. I'm not sure about that, says Robert. Robert, the only yeah. question I would have is, was it uh, did you have to sit through Japanese stuff or was there subtitles or how, how did that work? Uh, I don't think it was very much like, like there was just a, the little movie. There wasn't a lot of text or anything. So I would say probably not much had changed. I don't remember there being very much English in it, period. No language much at all. And most of it was just like the Batmobile showing up. Mm. Was it Sunsoft maybe had like a, a lockdown on any... Probably. That, it, was they, probably it was probably somebody, a lockdown on certain Yeah, they wanted to have... Because back in the day, it was all region locked everywhere. So you would have some yeah. companies whose who would get the, the licensing in one region and they would make all the money in that region and then you'd never yeah. cross paths with another region. That's not true anymore or mostly anymore because everything's region free. But, you know, this is, you got to remember, this is an era where this damn thing was called a Genesis here and a Mega yeah. Drive in Europe. And I think Japan also Mega Drive, right? I don't remember. And it, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. uncalled for like people like Nintendo to go, we want the license to this. And then they don't even publish anything and they just like, screw everybody else over yeah just just because they're you know nintendo could be but but also you know they're they were also weird with their names they were the famicom over there and the nes yes. here like it's weird weird time I, I bet they would say that we're the weird ones since they had the famicom first they went mm-hmm. the nintendo entertainment system yep yeah i don't know yep nes baby Everybody was trying to match cultures or something. I don't know what was going on back then. Mm-hmm. But, um, Rob also wrote in, says, hey, Scott and Brian, I saw Horizon Chase Turbo is on sale today yes. for 4 bucks on Steam. And I thought I would pass the word along uh, to you guys for the show. I picked this game up today after hearing you talk about it and after confirming my Steam Deck last week. Keep up the retro, guys. Oh, Rob. Yes. Rob's also in our chat today. Um, yeah, that game's amazing. And the sale is too good to pass up. The I found out why they did it though. There's a brand new Horizon Chase Turbo Two. Oh, that just hit Apple Arcade first. It's coming to everything else too, but it started there. My dog, and uh, it's good. It's very good. I played it on Apple Arcade. It's quality, awesome. I played it on my uh, my backbone, which is a pretty fun way to play that. <laughs> and uh, I want it on Steam. Uh, it's not there yet, but that explains the kind of sale they're having right now because they, you know, the first game is great and had a recent update and all sorts of new modes added. It's totally worth playing. If you haven't tried uh, Horizon Chase, then you are dumb and should play it. So play oh, it. Hey now, well I you have, can, but look, hey now, you're only dumb until you get it, and then you get it, and then you're not right. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, if you like Outrun, then you're probably gonna like that Horizon Chase Turbo. Oh yeah, that thing's got yeah. Outrun in its veins, man. Yeah, we had a Robert and a Rob today. Nice. Yeah, Rob and Robert. Rob and Robert. Nicely done, guys. <laughs> hey, guess what's going on next week, everybody? This is exciting. I'm excited about this. I know you are as well. Trackballs. Arcade trackball games. Not just the balls. We'll talk about those in the tech itself, but things like Centipede, Marble Madness, Missile Command, Crystal Castles, and so much more. Yes. Millipede. <laughs> millipede not to be confused with centipede uh-huh 
uh, it was a weird, a weird young, a run there where balls were everything for a while. Yeah, and, uh, it's like it's balls, balls everywhere. I want to spin the ball. Yep. So we're going to talk about them. How can you get them today? What do they work with today? Got all kinds of suggestions on that front, but also why were these games so cool? And why are they so hard to play in anything else but a trackball? Yeah, we'll yeah. get into it. Um, Missile Command without a trackball is a garbage video game. With it's a trackball, so, it's, it's one of the greatest things ever made. So, right. you know, control is everything. They also got really dirty. Uh, my dad owned arcades then. I'll have some stories oh. about that and uh, yeah. why these why these arcade things would track or would uh, attract everybody's hand goo all day long. Yeah, it was well. bad. It was bad. We had to clean them all the time. It sucked. Anyway. I love to spin them though, even if I wasn't playing. Yeah, I'm gonna get a free spin on my trackball over here. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'd walk into the arcade and just walk past one and just go, and then walk. Or sometimes, going. every time yeah. I walk by, that's what you're supposed to do. That's <laughs> what you're supposed to do, man. That's right. Um, I have a horrible booger story that my friend caused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell that story then. It's real bad. Also, a couple of gum stories, but uh, yeah, trackballs, arcade games that use them, and why. They were a very unique part of the history of retro gaming. Uh, that's next week on Play Retro. Uh, real quick then. Oh, and after that, we're doing like Alone in the Dark. Oh. Yeah, starting to time for spooky season. So we yeah. need to get a couple of spooky games in for Play Retro. We like to play. Yeah. Those scary games. Yeah, why yeah. not? There's talk of a, of a complete remake of Alone in the Dark just got announced last yes, week. There. So that yes, there is. Anyway, the reason why I picked that one. Mm. Oh, well, good. Anyway, uh, trackballs next week. We get into the Halloween business the next week. It'll all be great. In the meantime, please join us at our Patreon at patreon.com slash play retro. Why you ask? Well, the answer is simple. It's a great way for us to maintain this thing and keep the lights on. But also it's a great way for you to support your favorite show and your favorite creators like these people. Daniel, who just joined us. And somebody Hi, named Daniel. Mailman who's decided to go kind of across all the frog pants stuff and become a patron everywhere. I don't oh. know who that is, but I love him. Mailman, you're awesome. Yeah. But now he's not like he's not like double like M-A-L-E man, Mm-mm. right? Or is nope. he or is he like a like the postman? He's like the postman. He's like Carl Malone. He's taking the ball to the, the hoop. That's what he's doing. Yes. Maybe Car- maybe Carl Malone is actually supporting the shows. I don't know. Oh, that would be amazing. I doubt it, but hey, I'm from Utah. Could be. Jazz fan from back in the day when you could have won mm-hmm. a ring, you bastards. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be real easy for you to hop on to patreon.com slash play retro show. Never get commercials, pre-show content, every single episode, monthly benefits you can only get by going over there. So sign up today if you haven't already. Play retro show at gmail.com is our email address and the website is frogpants.com slash play retro. Hey, Brian, do you have anything to add before we go today? Daily, I stream these games most every day, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway. Scott, yeah. you fight like a cow. Oh, well, good, because that's what my mama trained me to do. That'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time. Go play something retro, and we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. It's up to you to find out what's what. Yeah. What's what, Scott? What's what?